Hey, hey, friends, I'm Thea Charles, and you are listening to the Push or Pivot podcast. In this series, we discuss the path someone chooses when they are at a crossroads of their life. Do they push through the adversity, or do they stop, reassess, and pivot? My guest is Eric Slavosky. Eric left his day job as a professor and collegiate sports coach to pursue the freelance life and career he's always wanted. So welcome, Eric, to the Pusher Pivot. I'm really excited for our conversation today. Uh, Thank you so much. I'm so excited to to be here and and, uh, to be on the podcast and, and get a chance to share today. So excited. Yeah, I think I think this is going to be a really great episode for people to really connect with. But before we really dive in, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I would call myself a multi passionate entrepreneur, and uh, I think from just like a very early on in my life, I developed just you know sort of a multitude of of interest, um, you know, and sports and uh, philosophy and um, uh, mental health and history and so on and so forth. So as I was growing up, I was kind of one of these kids, like, what what am I going to do? Uh, I'm going to have to pick something. And uh, so, you know, as, as I was growing up, I, you know, sports was something that I was really, really into, but I realized pretty quickly I wasn't quite good enough to go to a professional level, even though those were my aspirations. So I um, ended up going into uh, going to the military for a little bit and actually then started studying mental health in college and got into uh, psychology and kind of worked in that setting for a while. But I think just to give you a little bit of a backstory, part of the reason that I was, I think, drawn to mental health was just, you know, throughout my childhood, I had what I would classify as, um, you know, just a lot of challenges, really. Uh, Mm -hmm. My, my dad was killed by a drunk driver when I was very young. And so um, I was about three years old. And my Mm -hmm. mom uh, had me when she was like 18. And so, you know, she was really young. So, um, you know, my my dad's death just like really kind of threw her for a loop. And Mm -hmm. I ended up having to, to live with my grandparents for a while and, you know, we moved around quite a bit. Um, I, I had some health issues as a kid, nearly died from a kind of like a leukemia type uh, blood disorder. Oh wow! And, you know, there was just a lot of instability. We had a house fire when I was about 10 years old and that uh, I was very fortunate to survive that. And so a lot of those just challenges, I think, you know, just caused me to um, really just, you know, come up against some things when I was young, you know, I I dealt with some severe anxiety issues and panic attacks, like kind of going into my teen years and my mom ended up uh, being in a pretty tough second marriage and Mm -hmm. a lot of abuse ended up in a divorce. And so, you know, I think I sort of blame myself for a lot of that. And as, as I was growing up, I started coming to terms with, you know, like, who am I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why am I having this anxiety? Why, you know, and so I think that kind of pushed me towards psychology, mental health, um, 
trying to sort of figure out uh, how to make myself whole. You know, I had a strong faith. I did have some mentors and some family in my life that were very significant and influential, but, um, you know, it ultimately pushed me, I think, towards looking at mental health and also towards helping professions because through most of my adult life, I've been involved in either coaching, like sports coaching, counseling, uh, teaching. So sort of, I guess you could say helping professions. And uh, yeah, but uh, in in my recent history, I've kind of gotten into really just um, expanding more of my entrepreneurial skills and doing some freelance writing and speaking opportunities and things like that. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah. I I can see how all that would shape you. So when you came, I know that we kind of talked about, you know, (laughs) prior to this podcast that around the time that you turned 49 was a major crossroads for you. Can you, can you take us back to that? Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, so I turned 49 at the end of 2019, and I'd been really contemplating for a while, you know, what am, what am I going to do? You know, I have, I have three kids, but uh, one, my oldest child graduated and ended up heading off to England for school, and my second child was going into a senior year, and, you know, we've got one more left. She's 14, my daughter, Kayla. And so I started, you know, really having a little bit more time to kind of turn, I guess, the focus a little bit more away from just, you know, kind of being this caregiver and this father and husband and spending a lot of my time and just, you know, kind of caring for them, but then transitioning a little bit more to myself and kind of thinking, okay, what, what am I going to do? You know, what, what are the things that are important to me? Um, You know, what really lights me up? (laughs) You know, what are my, what are my passions that maybe I've had on the shelf for a little bit? And so when I, when I turned 49 and I I realized that I was in a job that I was working, I was teaching at a a small Christian college here in the Midwest. I was also a football coach, a sports coach at college. And I was putting in a lot of hours and there were a lot of sort of changes at the school and budget cuts and so on and so forth. And, you know, in many respects for me, I felt that the position started to be sort of a, um, I don't know, it was just something that I was sort of railing against. I think it it began to began to feel like more of a soul sucking type of job that I was staying in more for the health insurance and Mm -hmm. sort of just, I don't know. I think it's that mindset too. Um, thinking that I'm, you know, I have to be the provider. Um, you know, I have to take care of my family. It's irresponsible. And if I don't, that I have to, um, you know, sort of be this financial, uh, you know, just provider. And, and, and so I was, you know, it's kind of fighting a lot of battles internally. Mm-hmm. And I was realizing that, I was missing um, just having the time to do my, my writing, you know, uh, my freelance writing that I, I wanted to get back into blogging and writing stories for magazines. You know, I started getting interested, maybe uh, starting a podcast and I started thinking, you know, what can I use all these experiences for that I've been involved with, with counseling and 
sports coaching and teaching. Um, gosh, I, I think I'd like to get into coaching, like personal mm-hmm. development coaching. Mm-hmm. So I took a, I started a course a couple of years ago in England mm-hmm. with the coaching academy, and I just absolutely loved it. Like I thought, this is I should have been doing this twenty years ago. This mm-hmm. is amazing. And so when I hit that crossroads, I started to realize, you know, I, I think it's, it's time. It's, it's time to make a change. You know, I, I really could see myself as a coach being able to sort of have this freelance business and be able to go out there and just kind of share the things that I've learned and be able to help other people that are on maybe on that same journey. Um, maybe help other people who feel like they may be stuck or they they want something big or they want something better. They, they want to find something that really lights them up, that fulfills them so that they could maybe make a living doing something that they really, really love doing. So so that's kind of like what happened for me. Yep. I just, I came to that crossroads. All these things are kind of going through my mind. Yeah, I think a lot of us can relate to that. Like, having that moment where you think, well, what about me? <laughs> what is it that I like to do? Yeah. Um, and I mean, as parents, it's easy to kind of lose yourself and feel like the whole, like your whole being is to take care of others. And then you get, you know, get put into these roles that maybe aren't really fulfilling you in the way that you, that you'd like. I guess I'm curious, what kind of prompted that push to realize that you weren't really that happy? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I think it was just finding myself, you know, in my nine to five and sort of just realizing that I was so often thinking about other things that I could be doing. Mm. Um, it's not to say I wasn't finding any fulfillment in my job. I mean, I was, mm-hmm. uh, it was just a, you know, I was, I was thinking this is an okay life. This is, an, you know, it's, this is a good life in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought, I wonder what it would be like to have a great life, like to yeah. wake up. You know, because there was this, even though it was okay, I, I would get this feeling like on Sunday nights a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I almost call it like the Sunday night dread. You know, we yeah. get to about 6, 7 p.m. And I'd be like, oh, tomorrow's Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta go do this all over again, and you know, when I, when I started thinking that more and more, just like you know, I, I'm not feeling like I'm fully present any longer in, in what I'm doing, and I started just thinking more about that that great life. That what's it like if you wake up every day and you're kind of living in your wheelhouse? You know, you're living. Yeah doing things that really light you up and things that light other people up. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was, that was a big motivating factor is to kind of take my life to the next level. And to, you know, I've always thought about pain and regret, you know, and when I was a sports coach, we used to talk about how you have pain in your life, like from working out, you know, like training, mm-hmm. physical pain is your muscles kind of tear down and they build back up and you're sore but that usually goes away after a short time, you know, mm-hmm. but I found in my life, like the pain of regret, it lingers, mm-hmm. it stays and it's, you know, we can't turn back the clock 
on that kind of pain. And I just, I really realized, I'm like, do I want to be an individual who looks back 10, 15 years from now and say, oh, I, I would have, I should have, I could have. Or do I want to be the person that says, you know what, that was a big risk. I, I had to step out. I had to take a chance. But at least I know I'm not going to live with the regret of not trying to sort of create my own life. So I think that was that was another motivating factor, just, just that, that I don't want to have the regrets of not trying. Mm. Yeah, it, it's like such a beautiful picture. I could just picture what you're saying. Um, yeah, I just think a lot of people can, I mean, I personally can relate to that. I can remember um, feeling like I was two different people, the weekday Thea and then the weekend Thea. And I was like, eh, maybe we can put these two people together again. And and for me, for me, the thing that I realized is that work doesn't necessarily need to be hard. Like you don't need to feel like dread when you're doing the thing that, you know, what your, what your talent is. It should come easy. Yeah, it's so good. It's interesting you say that. I remember when we were doing some training over in the coaching academy and they said, now, a lot of you may get to this point where once you start getting paid to do this, you might start to feel guilty. You might have these feelings like, this comes pretty easy to me, and I'm like really liking this. I'm really enjoying it. Like, what's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they say that, that's, that's natural, but that's okay. It's okay to, you know, to really love what you're doing and to not have to feel like it's tremendously stressful. Mm-hmm. or tremendously taxing it's actually okay to yeah. you know to be doing something that is um invigorating you know something that's building you up something that's giving you energy rather than just taking energy away from you so i think that's a great point that you make thank you yeah that i mean that was a big turnaround for myself because I, I just felt like you know, doing the things that you should do in life and I should work hard and in order to be successful, it has to be hard. But when you're in your zone of genius, it's really not that difficult. That's true. Yeah. If you could give us a piece of advice or a takeaway from this conversation, what would that be? I think one of the things that really stands out for me is just to and this was a challenge for me, you know, and it still is in many respects, but I'm getting better at it. And that's just to really just try to abandon the idea of really comparison. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, I think so often in my life, you know, I've looked around and said, oh, you know, what is, what is he doing or what is she doing? Am I measuring up? Am I, is my quality of work and the same as theirs? Or, you know, wow, they're, they're really... You know, and, and I think with the social media kind of world that we're living in too, it's all amplified because yeah. people are so, I think a lot of times fixated on analytics. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many views did I get? Or, you know, how many likes did I get? How many followers do I have? And I think that a lot of times just magnifies and sort of amplifies mm-hmm. um, a, a tendency, at least in my life, to sometimes get into this comparison mindset. And I find when I, if I grab onto that mindset, it's, it's, it sort of holds me prisoner Mm -hmm. and my mindset ends up focusing more on external things Mm -hmm. instead of, I think being more 
like a growth mindset that should be more fixated on my internal growth. Yeah. And so I think that's, that would be one thing that I would say is just that um, being able to just really let go of comparisons and realizing like the thing that you have to offer is the thing that only you can bring to the world. And I think if you honor that in yourself and you, and, you know, and we take our fixation off of the numbers and the analytics and what somebody else is doing, we just focus on the work that we're doing, what, what uniqueness that we bring to the world and just focus on how can I just keep getting better, like 2% better every day. Mm-hmm. what I deliver to the world and am I providing value? Am I making somebody else's life better? Do I feel fulfilled? Do I love what I do? I think those, when we have more thoughts centered on those things then I think that the comparison thoughts tend to, I'm not going to say they go away, but I think they, they tend to fade more into the background. Wow. I love that. That what you bring to the world is uniquely yours. I love that. What a great takeaway. Um, Eric, how can people learn more about you? Yeah, so um, pretty excited. I just launched uh, my website last week. So you can find me um, at ericslavosky.com. It's just uh, just E-R-I-C-S-L-I-V-O-S-K-E-Y, ericslavosky.com. I'm also um, on Pinterest. And Twitter and Instagram, just you'll find me under my name, Eric Slavosky. And then uh, Facebook business page um, under Coach Slavosky. Awesome. So, yeah. Beautiful. And your website will definitely be in the show notes. So it'll be clickable for anyone who wants to jump over there. And Eric, thank you so much for this conversation. It was really awesome. And I know that a lot of people are going to connect with it. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be on the show appreciate it. What did you take away from Eric's story? Are you making decisions based on your values or society's values? I'm Thea Charles and I hope you gain insight from this story and that you'll share this podcast with a friend. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review The Pusher Pivot on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast platform. To stay up to date with the Pusher Pivot and to join our mailing list, visit us on the web at pusherpivot.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Pusher Pivot. Thank you for listening and join me next time on the Push or Pivot podcast.